I think daylight savings is bullshit. I agree with you. We're not an agricultural society anymore. I don't understand why we're continuing to do this to appease the six farmers left in this country. It's one of those things where I believe the vast majority of people would be totally fine without it. It could really be a universal bipartisan issue. It was supposed to be. It passed in the House and the Senate, and then Nancy Pelosi never never finalized it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hoping whatever – what are you slamming right now? What is that what you're, you're drinking? A seltzer. A seltzer. Okay. So it's there's no – caffeine no. i'm not doing i'm i'm off the i'm off the sauce man really yeah that's actually pretty impressive i have like a, one drink i'll have like one drink a week um and no soda okay i was about to say we look we, the people who can't see us right now we got to be clear on <laughs> on what kind of sauce we're talking about the i don't drink, drink or, uh, i don't drink alcohol no. much anymore yeah it's, well, it, dude, it's almost swimsuit season, you know? It's, it's true. We got to look our best. Yeah. I got to, I got to get the V. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. The so. V by the P. Right off top, sorry to disappoint, but uh, Sarah's out this week. She's not feeling great. She's on the road trip. She's traveling. So, you know what? We gave her the week off. And again, next man up mentality. So you've got Greg. You've got Matt on this episode. Just kind of, you know, touching base, a little little bit of housekeeping stuff on this episode. But uh, we're excited to get into it. Matt, how are you? You know, as we talked about in the intro, I'm still recovering of the bane of our existence that is uh, daylight savings for whatever re- reason. I don't know if I slept too much or circadian rhythm, but you know what? You barely, I, you barely adopted the daylight. <laughs> but I've got my energy drink, I, and I'm just happy to, to hop some, uh, talk some hoop. And, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get to I'm it. I'm on probably at least 32 to 40 ounces of coffee this morning. I was... I was slamming. Yeah, no, I've already got the coffee, and then I've got Ghost here. Oh, how is that? Is that any good? I I believe so. Yeah. So I like see four, I see people at the gym all the time with that stuff. It's like the sweetest non sugar energy drink. Yeah, so, I'm not so I'm got, not an energy drink connoisseur, and like I'll drink like a sugar free Red Bull every now and again, and it just tastes like if you were to mix up a bunch of Smarties with a Sprite. Right. It's yeah. disgusting. I hate, I hate, I hate it. Yeah. Like the original flavors of like Monster and Red Bull. Yeah. It's a little too much. Again, but, um, not, not yeah. a connoisseur. The only one that I've ever had that was like, I don't know, decent was that Rockstar Recovery one, the orange, just because mm-hmm. it, it tastes like Tampico. <laughs> tastes like, like school. Yeah. It tastes like <laughs> school orange juice. Yeah. So the reason why I can't do the original um, flavored um, monsters, because when I was in my band, we did Warp Tour for three weeks, and they're sponsored by Monster. 
Oh. And instead of giving like the smaller bands just cases of water so you know they don't die, they gave they us gave you monster. They gave us monster. <laughs> and um it was not good. I, I'll say that. Uh I was like peeing lime green. Oh yeah, like <laughs> you're uh, you're like your Paul Rudd and Stifler in uh role models. Uh, pretty much, yes. That's so, hilarious. Um so I hadn't I hadn't had any uh Feed the beast. for a long time. But then I'm kind of getting back into it, unfortunately. So, um, but that's, we're not here for. We're not here for energy drink talk, are we? No, this is not energy drink power rankings, (laughs) although that'll be fun. We'll do that Um, maybe in the off season. Yeah. When we, when we we have uh, not a lot of time. We have nothing to talk about. about. Speaking of the off season. yeah. Yeah. I think we're at the point of the season where we kind of talked about it last episode where things are winding down a bit and we're continuing to see things come into play whether it's for the jazz or the nba in in general uh i'm sure a lot of us like myself is firing up a tankathon if you don't know what tankathon is just uh, go we to love a tankathon tankathon.com it gives you all the you know for the big sports you know from nba nfl nhl or mlb uh you know kind of like the draft lottery simulator so i've been playing with that for quite a bit um, because there's definitely a log jam where the jazz are as far as weight where they are. But um, I think it would be a really good time to kind of review where Victor could go because, you know, things could go nuts and Victor could go to the jazz barring a miracle. Uh, or I mean, stranger things miracle, have happened. I, I mean, right. there was that – what was the draft? I know it was the draft, I think, of that uh, – Zion? What was it? The Cavs. The Cavs mm. took Anthony Bennett, but they had like a 1% chance of getting the uh, the number one pick, and they got it. Yeah. And they, and they, they blew it, but they, they blew still it. got it. <laughs> well, and I think the Zion pick too, like uh, – Yeah. I, I think the I think the Pelicans at that point had, was like maybe like seventh or eighth or whatever, and they jumped quite yeah. a bit. So there's always a chance, but I think it's uh, for the sake of just kind of reviewing where we are, I, I decided to take the top six – Yep. Teams or or at the bottom six teams, if you will, uh-huh. um, to, to kind of go through and review, like what would it be like, you know, Victor on these on these teams. So at this point, um, you know, it's it's Sunday morning, so things might change, um, you know, from from tonight. Does it? Yeah, yeah it depends if Portland plays tonight. I, I have not seen, but at this point, Indiana has the sixth worst record. Yeah. Uh, so I'd okay. love, honestly, I'd kind of <laughs> love Wimby in Indiana. Pair him with Halliburton. Yeah. You I know, think that- and then like he's already expressed that he doesn't really want to play center. So you could, you, you might be able to, you know, figure something out with him and Miles Turner. Plus you got Buddy Heald. Like that's intriguing. Plus I trust yeah. Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle is a good coach. He's a great coach. Like his Dallas teams were so scary, good. Really good. I mean, they um, want a ring. They beat the heat. Yeah. He's got what it takes. And I think they're building something really, really cool. So there. good, dude. Yeah. Is there, I'm, I'm just trying to think, has there been a more balanced trade? I mean, yeah, I'm sure there is. Then then the the Sabonis for Halliburton, like that's really worked out for both teams. Whenever I see that kind of argument online of like who won this trade at that point or or at this point in the seeing, you know, where we are now from both of those teams, the Kings and the Pacers, 
they're they're just great trades for both of them. It's kind of I think it's kind of a moot point to kind of yeah, decide like who won this trade. Like it was a good trade. Period. It's exactly how I feel about the uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade, where you know the Jazz yeah. get Lowry Marketing and Colin Sexton and Ochai, uh, all of whom look like their pieces uh, for the future. Lowry especially, who was an yeah. All Star and is looking like he is a fringe All NBA guy, um, as well as all the draft capital. And then you have Donovan Mitchell, who's having a fringe MVP season, and the Cavs are in fourth and. Seem to be creating and building something quite special. I still think that they're a piece or two away, but that team is really good and exciting yeah. and really young. And so you have to uh, you have to be excited for that. Anyway, next team, next team, Orlando. We we've talked Orlando a little bit the past couple days. I'm so, you and out, I. <laughs> I'm so out on Orlando, man. Like I understand they've got a lot of really good pieces. I think the Wagners are nice. Mm-hmm. I love seeing Markel Fultz. Uh, kind of get his career on track after everything that's happened. I know that he's he's never going to f- really live up to the billing of the number one pick, but I still think yeah. he can be a solid player. Like it seems like they have a lot of really good young pieces, mm-hmm. but they kind of fall into that same like Houston Rockets category of like a not having any leadership. It doesn't seem like they have a whole lot of coaching, and it just seems to be a bunch of disparate parts that yeah. don't don't have. I didn't. I haven't seen any cohesion out of Orlando. So they've been playing more or less, you know, as I'm going through that teams, they've been playing more or less 500 ball, like pre the all-star break. Right. So it's like, it's almost as if kind of like you're saying, like the disparate pieces. Right. And, uh, you know, of, of course you got Paulo there. You, you've got Wagner. Who looks, know, yeah. Paulo's going to be a multi-time all-star. Like Paulo is a very, very good player. Yeah. And I think Victor's going to be one of those players. Like no matter where you put him, he's going to rise that, you know, rise the tide, so to speak. Yeah. Right. I also just like I don't see where Wemby fits in on the magic. They already have such a log jam. They had to get rid of Mo Bamba. Like mm-hmm. I mean, granted, of course, if you get someone like Wemby, you're going to do what you can to kind of accommodate him. But it just yeah. again, it seems like such a just like a ragtag uh collection of talent with no real cohesion or chemistry. Yeah, so as far as like the forwards and the centers, you know, you got Wagner, you got yeah. Paulo, uh, you've just, got Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. Like, and of course, like, what do you do with that? Like you said, like the log, the log jam, right? Yeah, like you send one of those guys packing, whatever, like that. But that seems a little too preemptish. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're Orlando and you get that number one pick, you're not trading out oh, of that. Of course that's not. Kind of no, like a, no, no, no. That's no, another no, no. problem for pass, another time. <laughs> you never pass on someone who looks like he's the best prospect since LeBron James. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds to me you just figure out that problem. Sure. You know, at, at like that's, a, that's a good problem to have at the end yes. of the day. Yeah. And ultimately, like it kind of the tweet that I put out that you <laughs> responded to, it's like, ah, I don't know, like Orlando might be a problem that that might be another uh, Memphis. But at the same time, like what you're saying, that they're just thrown together, you know, that doesn't it's it's going to be interesting to see, especially with the, like the leadership. There doesn't seem to be like the one person right on that team to like 
take charge of that team. Right. Which we're is, also, I mean, and we're also seeing right now the problems with Memphis of not having the, like that same kind of thing. Leader. It doesn't really seem yeah. like you have that that leader, and that team's kind of a mess right now. I understand like mm-hmm. Brandon Clark tore his ace, or tore his Achilles, and you know. Jaws, Jaws out right now for being a bonehead, and Steven Dylan Adams Brooks has his problems. Like, uh, I think Memphis is cooked this season, yeah. and I don't. I'm starting to think now. I I do like that team, and I think they're fun, and I do think they're our team on the rise. But I'm not sure that's who I want to model my franchise after. All that being said about Orlando, I really think they missed the boat not trading for Donovan Mitchell to have that one person. Yeah. Right. Sucks so, to suck, man. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. Our uh, our favorite, Charlotte. No, I don't <laughs> really want to talk about that. That team is disgusting. Michael Jordan is a complete failure as a GM. Uh, the Like I tweeted yesterday, the NBA needs to collude. They need to conspire. We need a Patrick a Ewing uh, envelope situation to keep – Victor away from Charlotte. Yeah, I don't want like, to see it. I hate it. Probably the the most, just the most failure of a franchise that we could probably think of for other reasons too, like for legal reasons. Right. Um, it's just. <laughs> um, I mean, look, oh, man, it's they're a mess. You know, of course, like the six year old inside of me with the starter jacket always wants Charlotte. Oh, to be of course, cool. yeah. I mean, but sure, they've got just, a cool, they've got a cool uniform, and like, yeah, my my nostalgia peaks for you know Alonzo Mourning and Grandma Ma. Like, I owned I owned the Larry Johnson Converses. I yeah. love them. But we're gonna we're gonna do whatever it takes to keep Victor away from Charlotte. No, there he can't go to Charlotte. <laughs> absolutely not. Which is like, watch, we're gonna. This is this is me absolutely dooming the rest of the NBA. And yeah, of well, course I've, Victor's I've gonna end desk. up in Charlotte. I got a desk full of wood here. <laughs> uh, oh, so if you're listening at, at a desk right now, please knock on someone first. Knock on wood, whatever you have. You're. you're your deck, your desk, uh, a wooden chair, I don't know, a, a, a baseball bat, uh, whatever. <laughs> Send a prayer. Yeah. Have a <laughs> – Go outside and punch some trees like your, your uh, Adonis Creed. Yes. Please do anyway. that. Moving on. We've spent too much time on Charlotte already, but it's always fun to talk crap on them. Um, San Antonio. I kind of feel the same way about San Antonio as I do with Indiana. Like, Yeah. I would love to see it. Like what better place, what, what franchise develops talent better than San Antonio? Yeah, I don't like, so if, if Victor goes to San Antonio, um, like it's not one of those things where I feel like it's not like Indiana would be contending right away, right? but they'd be a lot closer than San Antonio. But at the same time, I trust pop. I trust the San Antonio yeah. coaching tree. And I think like, like there's there's some there are some interesting pieces in San yep. Antonio. I like I think Jeremy Sochan has a chance to be a very good player in this league. I really like Keldon Johnson. Yep. You know like I was going to bring him up. Yep. Yeah, I think you know and like when you have a franchise piece like that, people are going to want to go play for Pop. They're going to want to play with Wemby. Like you could do you could do a lot worse. He's I would say San Antonio or Indiana are kind of my hopes right now. Me too, especially for selfish reasons. Cause I have family in San Antonio and I'm always like, 
cheering for San Antonio yeah. on, on the sides. So. I have no I have no hate in my heart for San Antonio. Great. Seemed like nice folks. Good team. Yeah. Well, do you have hate in your heart for Houston? Yes. <laughs> everything I've said about Charlotte and everything I've said about Orlando also applies to Houston. Like nice pieces. There's there's no leadership whatsoever. None. There's no chemistry. There's no cohesion. There's no coaching. It's a mess. I I would hate that. Eric Gordon was your leader. Yeah. <laughs> who looked like miserable. Yeah. Who every miserable. time you saw him on the sideline, you just heard like in your head heard hello darkness, my old friend. Exactly. Yeah. Although from a basketball point of view, you know, you got Jabari Smith Jr. You've got uh sure. Singun, like, of course, sure. But they're also playing with bringing back, you know, James Harden. So like what kind of decision making? I don't know. Like it's just, I don't know, man. I, <sighs> I don't want Wemby in Houston. No, but, but they've, they've got a 14% chance along with San Antonio and our last team who has lost their last 10 out of 10 and they're on an 11 game losing streak Detroit. I wouldn't hate I wouldn't hate wouldn't hate it. In yeah, in Detroit I think Cade Cunningham and and Jaden Ivy are are intriguing. I want to see our boy Boyon succeed. Uh, yeah, I think that this will be the like he's getting older. Um, you sure know, I don't want to say it's like the last chance for him to to do something great, it is. but but let's just say it like I mean Probably. Yeah. He's on <laughs> he's on his last contract and like you know, this is kind of end of the road and that's fine. He's still a very nice player and I want yeah, I, I loved what he did in Utah and I want to see him succeed and yeah, I would have no problem with Wemby in Detroit. Cause they have a massive guard logjam. Yeah. Like it's you can throw in you can throw in uh Victor mm-hmm. and you can go for it. You know, you can, you can do something. I mean, they're Let not going to maybe it might be like a playing team, whatever. And all, and all and the thing that a lot of people are concerned about him as far as like his body and all that. Like I remember reading an article, basically his team is ultra aware uh-huh. of him, of his body stature and how he plays. And they're trying to mold him into something that, that is not injury prone because the first, I think the first time everyone saw him, they're like, Oh my gosh, he's going to break a leg. Like yeah. <laughs> at some point, but um, everyone said the same thing about Kevin Durant. So exactly. Yeah. So I would be fine with him on Detroit too. I think it's time for Detroit to be relevant again. Yeah. It'd be nice. You know, it'd be nice. So I, I again, I wouldn't hate it. Would not hate it either. So that is our rundown of kind of the Victor, uh, sweepstakes i forget i forget the turn you know they you know, like suck for whoever name like what, what was it that that, that you i called said? i called it wimbledon wimbledon <laughs> yes 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 yeah all right so uh moving on to the utah jazz like you know it's kind of the same thing we talked about last week we're seeing you know the plan come together right yeah and it's coming more into focus Right. Like like we, we've said and we've really reiterated the entire season, this is about figuring things out. And that's exactly what the Jazz are doing right now. And I think one, one constant is, A, the Jazz are simply just too good and too talented to go full-blown tank. Like, Lowry is spectacular. You bring in a guy like Chris Dunn, who's 
done some great things. You have, you know, on any given night, you can have Jordan go for 30 or 40. You have uh, THT one rebound <laughs> short of a 30-point triple-double last night. Amazing. And I know that's the exception to the rule. But again, the point remains that this team has not necessarily top-end talent, but enough talent to be able to remain right around 500. Um but I do think, again, the Jazz are playing with house money right now. Yeah. Every loss gets them in a better position to draft a franchise-defining talent. And every win inflates their players' values. And when that value gets inflated, you have the opportunity, if you don't keep a guy – to be able to move him in deals that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Yes. And so like either way, the jazz come up out, out on top. And again, I, I credit Will Hardy for really figuring things out. I never would have thought at the beginning of the season, the THT would be a point guard. Um, Looking better by the game. Yeah. And you have other guys who are stepping up and like, you know, outside of his abysmal February, it seems like Simone Fontecchio is starting to figure things out, which is good. And he might be able to be, you know, a, a guy with a little bit of staying power in this league. I still think I had a take the other day on Twitter that I think Simone Fonte- Fontecchio, he can be like a more versatile, uh, more dynamic version of George Niang. Yeah, or or you can easily throw in, you know, Joe Ingles too. Yeah, a little, maybe not the playmaking. I don't think but Simone necessarily has the playmaking ability. Exactly. Yeah, of a Joe Ingles. That's why I say more of like a George Niang, like a spot up yeah. shooter, but can do a little bit more. Can create a little bit off the dribble. Can finish at the rim. Can rebound. He's a good finisher. Can I think he has you know kind of that athleticism and the strength and the size to be able to be a. a a decent defender with some versatility. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think that Simone Fontecchio is going to make any sort of all NBA defensive teams. No. But I think he can be passable. And so, yeah, I think you're you're starting to see kind of cream rise to the top. And, like, the Jazz simply have just an absolutely embarrassment of options going into this offseason. Right. And then I see consternation of like, wait a second, the Jazz can't lose to Charlotte or we but like if you have a guy like Laurie Marketing, right? Like we we've we've made the comment, you know, like he can fall out of bed and win games. Yeah. Like he could fart and win games. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah mean, I can't remember what game it was that he closed. Oh, it was Orlando. Yeah, and I think <sighs> one of the things that we've talked a lot about on this show throughout the season is Larry Markinen's place kind of in in basketball hierarchy. And we know mm-hmm. on this team now, it's no secret that Lowry is this team's number one option. And I, it seemed to me at the beginning of the season, there was a bit of an adjustment period for him. He has never had this role before. And we've seen it with other guys. Gordon Hayward went through this exact same kind of growing pains. But what I'm seeing out of Lowry is that he's starting to become very comfortable in that role. 
Mm-hmm. He knows he's the number one option. He's no, he, he knows he's the guy. And while it doesn't happen every single night, he's starting to realize he's also the best player on the floor a lot of the times. And mm-hmm. there was that, there was a couple games in particular. The Orlando game was one of them. And then the, the Oklahoma City game where he scored 43 points. Right. Yeah. Where he just straight up said, give me the ball, get out of the way. It's winning time. And I'm the guy who's yeah. going to get us there. And we didn't see that at the beginning of the season. And I think yeah. that is a phenomenal sign of a guy really coming into his own and realizing that he has that ability to dominate and ability to just go out there and win games. And that's absolutely the type of guy you want on your team. And of course, like you got to give credit to the player himself. Sure. But I think the trades – you know the you know the Conley trade yep. and just clear, clearing the deck has really helped him a lot in terms like the the front office giving him the ball. It's yep. your show now. Yep. Um, you know you got Will Hardy, who I think, as far as at all accounts that I'm that I'm hearing about and reading and things that we're seeing, really emboldening players to be who they are in putting themselves in a position to have ownership. He's got to be like. All right, here you go. It's 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 Laurie time, you know. Um, and plus, it helps. Like you know, of course, you got Clarkson that's a little bit injured, you know, quote or you know, resting, however you want to like sure. see that or whatever. But the fact that we're preparing for next year, essentially, like seeing who yeah. sticks, like like the pieces are being put in place to embolden these players. And Laurie is just like the number one example of that. It's like, yep. okay, never, like you said, never been a number one guy, but the fact that he's been basically given the confidence one way or another of, of the coaching of the organization. Now we can really see what he can do. He's putting up Dirk numbers. Yeah. Like it's, that, that's what really blew my mind was on the, uh, the broadcast. I think it was, I think it was the, uh, the Orlando game where, the the jazz had a graphic of a side by side between Lowry and Dirk um of Lowry this season and Dirk in uh 2006 2007 when he won the MVP Lowry is has a better field goal percentage he's averaging 0.7 more points he's 1% below Dirk in three point percentage and Dirk averaged half a rebound more so you're basically yeah, yeah almost right on par with Lowry Markin and putting up the same numbers as Dirk did when he was at MVP, which is also astounding to think about how Lowry's putting up those numbers. And it really kind of shows the evolution of, of the NBA. Exactly. He's putting up those numbers and isn't even being considered <laughs> in the MVP conversation because you've got yeah. guys like Jokic and Embiid and Giannis who are putting up just crazier numbers, absolutely Gosh. unfathomable numbers. It, I don't know. I love seeing stuff like that and seeing how the, the NBA has evolved and just how just stupidly talented these guys are. Yeah. I remember seeing the embers of the Laurie slash Dirk conversation starting. Cause remember there was, um, there was that argument of who gets the starting nod in the all-star, whether it's LeBron or, right. or, or Laurie. And one of the things to kind of to, to to look at, I forgot who mentioned it. It might have been like a Zach Lowe thing or whatever. Yeah. But it was the fact that he was putting up these numbers even back then. It was like kind of like was 
of course, like we knew that Laurie was good, but as yep. far as me understanding that the Jazz could have something special, that's when I was like, I never thought oh, it. Wow, man. it's 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 just understanding that like Dirk, it's Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, and it's not empty numbers at all. Like, um, so and that's the thing. He's yeah. putting this up on some of. At, at one point, I he might still. Lead the league in like effective field goal percentage and like efficient scoring, and if not, he's certainly in the top five. So again, like not empty numbers, and he's putting up twenty five points per game on just spectacular shooting, sixty percent efficient field. Uh, Unbelievable, yeah, it's insane. Um, there was another thing that came out as far as like there's only been like six seasons where someone has has had sixty percent. Of like a you know efficiency uh, field goal, uh, field goal rating uh-huh. um, in like scoring more than like twenty five points a game. I know, I know, I'm not yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not David Locke here. You can spout out stuff, but I think it was over twenty five points a game on that sort of efficiency. Not even LeBron James is on that list, right? I would, I wish I could have it, <laughs> you know, right now. But you're just gonna have to trust me. But um, yeah, it's insane, and and he's only gonna keep growing. You know, yeah. like he's there's a little bit more to go. You know, as far as his um, just, just how he's going to evolve as a player, and it's going to be something special. And if if the Jazz end up draft, drafting someone who can be like a one B, you know, yeah, um, because I think we were the conversation earlier in the season about Larry, and we've talked about a lot about him. It was like, you know, he's going to be a good right hand man for the star yeah. we're going to trade for. Or and I whatever. think I think that's where the Jazz really have to figure something out a little bit. Like just on the flip side, Lowry has been incredible this season and he's really proven himself to be the alpha of this team as of right now. The question moving forward is as you continue to build and you try to get to your ultimate goal of a title, is Lowry that guy? Is Lowry your number one option on a title team? Or yeah, is he is he a number two option and you you go out and you try to get your your number one option? Or is he more? Or is, is it more of like a one B situation? Yeah, one A, one B, kind of like a Steph and KD thing in in Golden State. And you know, for the record, I am not comparing Larry Markin into Kevin Durant or anybody the Jazz draft or acquired a <laughs> Stephen Curry. It's just an analogy. Shut up. Um, but yeah, it, I'm it, I'm just wondering how that how that is going to work out, and I I don't necessarily have the answers. I do know that Larry Markin is a keeper. He's a guy you want on your team. He's a guy yep. who absolutely uh, impacts winning, and you know is young and in his prime. But I do think the Jazz have a bit of work when it comes to figuring out how you move forward with Larry Markin. I think one thing that not a lot of people are talking about. Cause of course, like there's this movement for the jazz to trade for Luca, you know, or, or whoever else, you know, of course, like a lot of, which jazz count fans, me on which, that train. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I would, yeah I would <laughs> trade love that. for Luca. If you could, yeah. get, if you can get Luca Doncic, a, an inarguably top five player in this league, you do it. Exactly. Or Dame or whatever, whoever or, else. Yeah, or I think D- yeah. If you can get a, like a bona fide star lock hall of fame guy, you absolutely do it because ultimately yes. talent figures it out. We saw that in 
We saw that with super teams with LeBron. We saw that Mm -hmm. in Golden State with Kevin Durant. And ultimately, these guys are good enough to figure things out. And like the NBA is an arms race. You're looking to try to get as much talent as possible. And I think the great thing about Laurie is is that if you get a guy like Luca or Dame, I don't think Portland's trading Dame. Like that's like a, a John Stockton Malone situation no, where I, he's going to be there for free Dame. Free Dame. Yeah, I think I be, I'm totally on board with free Dame, and I hope he does come to the Jazz because we can trade for him. But yeah. I think if there's someone that can handle that sort of sharing of like power, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I to to make space. I think it's Larry. Like all, like he mm-hmm. was. It's. I have not seen anyone shake the referee's hand after a game. Yeah, and that he like. I I noticed that. Like I think at the Orlando game, or it was the game where he like dunked on. <laughs> like it was like point two seconds less than he like dunked. Yeah, the, the Orlando know. game. Yeah, but I don't think he like meant. To, I don't know. Like yeah. I don't think he meant, he didn't mean anything bad by. It. But then he goes like and shakes everyone's hand. Is like okay, this dude is just like a great person yeah you know like as far as i know i don't know he doesn't he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's super selfish and is like only in it for himself and is kind of looking for those like empty calorie type stats yeah so as soon as the jazz want to pull the the trigger on luca or dame you know they're be looking for those opportunities to poach a a star a disgruntled star yeah it's going to be it's going to work you know, in, yeah, in a I lot agree. of ways. Yeah. And I think that's what the Jazz need to do. Like, again, the NBA is an arms race. And while you have talent, why I while, while I think the Jazz have their their core moving forward with guys like Lowry and Walker and Ochai, you know, and then ancillary pieces like like a Colin Sexton or a Simone Fontacchio, yeah. like the the jazz still don't have enough top end talent to really yes. go for it so you got to go out and get that whether yeah. that's yeah acquiring a a disgruntled free agent star or i don't know you have all the assets in the world you move up in the draft and you get not maybe not necessarily Wemby but you go out and get a Scoot Henderson or another one of these top flight guys and what looks to be an absolutely stacked draft I uh, I'm I'm very intrigued to see how the Jazz start to create this roster, and again, the whole point of this season is figuring out who stays, who goes, who you can build around, and then identifying the holes in that roster, going out and filling those holes. And I think as of right now, the Jazz are doing a phenomenal job Amazing. with that. I agree. And as much as I saying the praises of Will Hardy and his coaching staff to develop these players and give them confidence to do what they need to do, they absolutely need that start. Uh-huh. So yeah, you um, gotta you gotta find at least one or two more guys. Yeah. And however they go about doing that, fine. But again, you need you need more talent. Let Speaking me, Oh, I was gonna say I just just before before we move on. Yeah. Just remind the listeners, how many times can the Jazz do the Kevin Durant trade? Three times over. That's how many assets they have. They also have $60 million of cap space going into next season. Like the Again, they have 
all the flexibility and ability in the world to acquire this talent. Now they need to go out and do that. And I, for one, am very intrigued and excited uh, to see what they do. Because the way this season has gone, you've pressed the fast forward on the rebuild. This is a team that is on the brink of contention, you know, needs a few more pieces and they can be back in the hunt. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, come 2025, we're talking championship or bust. But it'd be close. (laughs) Like there are really good things in motion for this team. Enjoy yourselves, jazz fans, win or lose the rest of the rest of the way. I I think great things are, are happening real quick. I think we can come to the agreement uh, together that uh, Chris Dunn's second 10 day contract is expiring very soon. I'd love to see the guy on the, on the roster moving forward, sign him to a vet minimum multi-year, I don't know, two-year deal. I want to see it. He's been fantastic. He's exactly the kind of like junkyard dog defensive guy the Jazz need. He's been a really great option off the bench as Colin Sexton uh, continues to rehab that that hamstring. I love the guy. I want him on the team. He, okay, I got a stat line here. He's only played seven games, so of course we have small sample size. Yeah. Um, but we also have the rest of his career to yep. look at and was not a great player when he was with the Bulls or wherever yeah. else he was. Uh, let me just I'm just gonna blah, I'm just barf some stats at you. Please. Okay. His PER is twenty one point three, so it's over twenty. Very he, good. He beats Walker Kessler. I, I think the P, the PER kind of favors it's centers kind of like but and I, and I think it's, it's a it's a, a, a it's an easily manipulated kind of stat. But like from what I see, so his true shooting is 61% from the last seven Very games. Very good. His, his shot is fixed. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to be Steph Curry, but he, he can shoot and he can finish. And yeah, uh, uh, he's made huge improvements. Yes. Um, defensive box plus minus is leading the team at 3.8. He's such a good defender. <laughs> he's so and he's good. exactly the kind of defender the Jazz have not had mm-hmm. in years. He's so good at point of the point of attack. He like it seems like every game. He, he's who he, Dylan Brooks wishes he was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he 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 somehow creates a turnover that then leads to a transition bucket. Whether he's the one finishing the dunk or starting a fast break, and those are the type of plays that impact winning. Sign he, Chris Dunn. I want him. It's got to happen. Team. His box plus minus leads the team, even beating out Laurie Markkinen. It's just like yeah. I I know I'm doing all this like advanced stats, and it's just like really easy to like barf cherry all this pick. stuff yeah. out, cherry pick. But like the. Fl- we the, the eye test works too. Yeah, you know? and he's you know he seems like the type of grizzled veteran who's kind of been through it mm-hmm. and has accepted his role and wants to be here and is he willing to, be to do what it takes. And those are the type of guys you need on your team to be able to win. And yep. again, I'm all in on Chris Dunn. I hope they 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 sign him to a multi year contract because. What a great insurance option to have on this team. What a great pickup. That's yeah. in, I mean, I don't awesome. know. I don't know. Of course, like he was in the G League and, you know, the Intel, you know, the, like yep. these guys get paid a lot of money to watch every single basketball game and every play. But like, man, can, like, I don't know. Like, like, like I said, like 
the jazz front office and the coaching staff. Like I can't even say enough about, about them either. Like they've, the, it's been it's, a masterclass this season. They've done such a good job. Maybe even better. I know, I know we have our criticisms of like Quinn Snyder and, and yeah. all that, but like, I don't know if he gets this out of this crew. Yeah. I don't if either. I, I really don't. I think Quinn so. was great. And that staff was great at developing talent. I don't know if they get the results that they get that the jazz have gotten this season. And I, I don't even think that's a, a road really worth going. No, uh, but all that, all that, all that is to say, you know, the season's not over yet, but it's going to be soon and just enjoy uh, it. Just enjoy it I'm again. Thankful playing with house money guys. That's, that's what we're looking for. We're figuring things out. And that is the, the most optimistic take I have. The jazz may not make the playoffs. That's fine. They're right mm-hmm. on the cusp and they're figuring things out. Now, with that said, let's put a bow on this episode. Yeah. You guys know what to do. Like, rate, subscribe, uh, hop on Apple Podcasts and give us some some five-star reviews. Uh, I know every podcast says that, but it really does make a difference when it comes to placement and people seeing us. If you like what we do, you can always donate to the podcast on Anchor FM. Uh, if you are a small business looking to get your uh, your services or your products out there, we have incredibly reasonable rates when it comes to our ads. Uh, let us know. We're happy to talk business with you. Um, you can find Sarah at NBA Sarah. You can find me at Dad Jam Dad. You can f- find Matt. But why would you want to do that? No, I that's think a, they do. I've I got the mic a huge now. Waste of time. I've got the mic now. Swans of never going to ever talk about your handle ever again. Swans of never. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all for uh, tuning in this week. We will be back next week. Uh, Sarah should be on the mend. Until then, take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you later. Ciao.